0: Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host Brent Weber. On today's episode we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the second lecture for Social Psychology, PSY 352 at Bellhaven University. I'm your lecturer, Nathan Smith, and we're coming to you from my office in Beverly, Massachusetts. The lecture for today is the self in the social world. So our unit objectives for this lecture a series of questions. Why study the self? What is self-perception? What is self-concept? What is self-esteem and what is self-regulation? So Another pointer, since we're still early in this set of lectures. Uh, these five questions are here for a reason. They're very important. They're things you should be able to answer clearly at the end of this chapter, after you've read the chapter, which you should have already done by the way, and at the end of this lecture. So something you can do is once you get to the end of this lecture, go back to this slide, the second slide, and go through the questions, and make sure that you can answer them all clearly and cogently. So, a couple other points. For those of you that are studying clinical psychology, or have an interest in working in clinical psychology, that is, becoming a psychologist, or working in a clinic of some type, or becoming a counselor, a marriage and family therapist or an addictions counselor, anything with a clinical bend, this unit on the self is very important and can be very beneficial to you working in that setting. So one thing to keep in mind while going through this is that it will often be in those settings, you and one individual, and the more you know about the theory of the self, and the more different tools you can bring into that conversation between you and the individual you're trying to help, the better off you'll be in general terms. So this chapter is going to give you all kinds of tools to use in that situation, and in that way it's going to be a very beneficial chapter for you in the clinical world, I hope. For you in the research world, or for those of you interested in going into research or public health or other areas of psychology. There's also a lot to learn in getting involved in the self, and for researchers I always suggest that you pay attention to how studies were done. I'm not going to get into specific details in a lot of the studies, but the text does, and the more times you can think about how the studies are done, how they're set up, how they're created, what the outcome variables are, what your independent and dependent variables are, that's going to be really helpful for you going forward. So if you're interested in a career in research, uh, always important as you go through to look at how the studies are set up, how they're carried out, and what your variables are. The biblical foundations for this lesson comes from the Psalms. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Psalm 8, 1-4, the word of the Lord. So why study the self? An interesting question. So one point. The study of the self helps us understand how the tendencies of the self reflect the human condition. Another point. The study of the self helps us explore how the self is relevant to social interaction. And in many ways, this is why we start with this chapter. So, that is to say that what we're looking at going forward is social interaction, how people, individuals, groups, small groups interact with each other. And the baseline for that is thinking about the self, what those actions are, who those individuals are, that are interacting. So before we really want to speak about interactions, we want to start with thinking about the selves that are interacting. And from a Christian view, studying the self can help us investigate humans as God's created order. I like to think of this study of the self through the social psychological means as a way that we study God. That is to say, An indirect way that social psychologists can study and think about God comes through studying the self. As we spoke about in Lecture 1, if the human is imago dei, made in the image of God, then as we study these images, we can learn things about the person of God. So, are current notions of the self consistent with a Biblical perspective? The image of humans presented in scripture focuses on our relationship to God and not the self-focus of contemporary research on self. Now one of the things that I'm hopeful that this course, Social Psychology, will do for you is present you with a variety of different perspectives, a variety of different Uh, cultural understandings, a variety of different ways of thinking about the self and thinking about others. And part of the study of the self and others, and part of thinking about the self and others in different ways, is to realize that you, me, everyone comes from a particular place and time, and we tend to see the things around us in this particular way, place and time, or I guess through the lens is the term often used. We look through the lens of our particular place and time. And one of the things that the social psychology student, the social psychology scholar, has to learn how to do is to put down their own lens and pick up somebody else's. Now why is that the case? Well, in order to understand how others are interacting when you look at a problem, a social problem, say, aggression between groups, is to be able to take on another group's perspective and say, why does this group do X? Well, coming from their perspective, looking at it through their eyes, they were experiencing fear, or they were experiencing this kind of mob mentality that roused a lot of anger in them. So, part of what we need to learn how to do through the study of social psychology is put down our lens and pick up somebody else's. And uh, in this case, what we're going to see is that the New Testament, and we'll go to point two here, the New Testament does not use words like self or ego, but rather cardia, heart, psyche, soul, and Numa, spirit. I apologize for my pronunciation, if any of you are experts in what I believe is Greek. So, um, modern Americans, which most of us are, modern Westerners, uh, which most of us are, tend to think of everything in terms of the self. And we tend to think of the person as the self or the ego, the individual is the protagonist of their own story. That's a very American, a very Western way to think. But when we look at the, back at the New Testament, we see they're not even using the same concept of self or ego or individual. They use these other words to kind of go around that concept, heart, soul, spirit. So continuing, Biblical views of persons are from pre-modern times. That is the self in relation to others and the cosmos. In the pre-modern world, the self was thought of as how it fit in in relation to the cosmos or the universe or how it felt, uh, how it fit in in relation to others. This is something that also occurs in more collectivist cultures uh, in places like Japan or China or Taiwan. Those are the main ones that have been studied, but in many other uh, Asian countries, as well as different groups or sects here in America. For example, the Amish. The Amish are known to be a collectivist culture that exists in the middle of America, which is a very individualistic culture. So part of what we're doing is we're learning that us ourselves who think an individualist and ego centric ways, need to be able to interact meaningfully with people who think in collectivist ways and be able to study uh, both ourselves by stepping outside again putting our lens down and stepping back to see about what an individualistic culture is like and also to be able to step back and look at a collectivist culture in a similar way. So, uh, moving on through these present modern slash postmodern ideas of self are different, as we've discussed, yet a Christian view can maintain that the underlying human condition has not changed, even though philosophical ideas of the self has changed. So I'm going to use this point, this slide, as an invitation for you to start thinking about the different lenses that you view the world through. Think about your gender and the lens that your gender has you look through. Think about your race or your ethnicity. You can think about your cultural background. Think about your religion. Um, It's going to be important going forward that we're able to separate these lenses that we view the world through from thinking that these lenses are the only way to view the world. And so we'll start with this um, understanding of the Bible, in in New Testament biblical times at least, not having a self or ego, whereas in modern America, almost everything you see, every every, um, assumption that we have comes from this idea that the self or the ego is important. So take this as a first opportunity to think about picking up and putting down these lenses, and it will be very important to be able to do this as we move through the chapter.